Okay, everyone, welcome to the Respect the Math podcast brought to you by Reliable Tech Help. For all your IT needs, call Reliable Tech Help at 502-797-7399 or visit our website at reliabletechhelp.com. That's reliabletechhelp.com. I'm your host, Digital David Snyder. Here at the Respect the Math podcast, we talk about everything from technology to business, science, popular culture, and more. Basically, the things that I'm interested in because I'm kind of selfish that way. You can find us on Facebook, YouTube, and podcast apps from Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, Pandora, iHeart, and others. Please interact with us online. And if you like what you hear, please subscribe and share our content. We'd love to hear from you. Today, our guest is Shane Shapps. Welcome. Thanks, David. Shane Shapps is with 520 East Brands. Did I say it right? You did. I always get it confused with 502. I'm sure that happens with other... There's a story there. Yeah, yeah. let's hear it. <laughs> well, uh, my husband and I moved to Louisville from uh, New York City. And we used to live at 520 East 72nd Street. Okay, I've so heard when, that. Yeah, so when we were moving here, we're like, well, let's name the, the business after our apartment, sort mm-hmm. of as an homage to New York City. And so at first we wanted to name it something with Soho, because that's our favorite part of the city, and we had a dog named Soho. Oh. Um, do you know how hard it is to buy a URL with the word Soho in it? There's probably hundreds of thousands of yes. them already registered, yes. right? Yeah. So we, and this was 2008. Okay. So we decided to name it after our old address. And then we, we got it all set up and realized, oopsie, the area code's 502. So it gets that mistake a lot, but it is what it is. You know, sometimes that can uh, be a good thing because people ask me how to spell or pronounce mine all the time, mm-hmm. and it starts a conversation. Yep. And if you're having a conversation, you're kind of reinforcing your brand, right? Absolutely. Being a marketing expert, um, you can uh, you can uh, attest to that. So uh, Shane and I have known each other probably since around, what, 2012, 2011, something, something like, like that. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, and how long have you been in the business? Since 2008. Okay, so we're talking 14 years. Mm-hmm. I guess I guess around 15, so I was close. And uh, tell people about your company and what you do. Sure. So we are a social media engagement agency, which means we're an outsourced voice for the brands we represent. We work with companies of all different sizes and shapes, whether they're a large national nonprofit or a small local mom and pop restaurant. Um, And so what we do for those companies is take on their social media platforms, develop a persona and a voice for them, and then carry that voice and implement it out on those social media platforms, not in an advertising way, more in an organic conversational way. Mm -hmm. We also do do some advertising. It's sort of a necessary evil, uh, but it's part of the, the business. So, but we built it doing organic conversational just talking to people so more engaging as opposed to selling directly kind of yep yeah yep. starting a conversation mm-hmm. uh creating compelling content that people are going to want to access and hopefully build a following for your clients right so people yeah. come back yeah. yeah i mean the more that you can talk to your customers talk to them one-on-one talk to them as people the better luck you're going to have building that customer base earning their credibility so that's what we do for businesses who either don't have the time the know-how or the budget for a full-time person and tell them your tagline i love that Oh, we're your voice online. Your, oh, you, did you change I, it? No, no, oh. no. Yes, I'm the professional big mouth, but it's become more than just me. So we are a team of professional big mouths. Okay. Yes. Collectively, the team of professional big mouths. I'm I out like of practice. That. Yeah. Yeah. But you're the original big mouth, yeah. the big mouth in charge. Is that a term? Yes, yes, I an, guess so. An executive position. Yeah. I like that. So I have lots of questions for you because you can imagine me being in tech space. I get questions about Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, et cetera, et cetera, all the time. And I had a client that you talked to recently. Uh, I referred you to him because I think you're the best at what you do that I know. And I know a lot of people who do it. So that's saying something. Uh, unfortunately, you guys didn't do business, but that's okay. You had a good conversation yep. and you g- gave us some great ideas. So thanks for that. Some of the questions I have for you are if a client talks to me about that, 
I tell them that, A, I think websites are almost obsolete unless you have some type of e-com. And feel free to correct me or critique me if what I'm saying doesn't make sense because you're the social media expert. But from my opinion, the website, it still has a place for maybe an e-commerce platform or a large company that has to have that bricks and mortar digital type you know, presence online. But for most people that are starting a business, I would say buy a catchy domain and then point it to a Facebook business page that you can create for free and at least get started that way, right? And I'm going to disagree with you. Please do, please do. Yeah. yeah. So if you are putting all of your content on Facebook, guess who owns that? Facebook. From a trade, like an intellectual property standpoint Absolutely. to your logo and everything? Absolutely. You're only publishing. Completely? Well, I'm not a lawyer, so hard to say. Okay. But I would always tell somebody to have a URL, populate it with a website, okay. even if you're just using it as an online brochure, even mm-hmm. if you've just got one page and you don't update it that much. Now, I would recommend updating. I would um, recommend investing in SEO. I certainly do know a local person who specializes in SEO. Mm-hmm. I'd be happy to, to mm-hmm. introduce you. He's fantastic. Yeah. Um, but you know, you want to make sure you're working with someone who's Google verified, who knows what they're doing to make sure you're keywording and all that techie mumbo jumbo that I don't know how to do. Um, but you want to make sure that you're doing that. I do feel that a website is still your home base. It's still like having your store mm-hmm. and it tells your story. If anything ever happens to Facebook, Facebook goes down, Facebook gets purchased, whatever it could be, your Facebook account gets hacked, yeah. you still have everything. So I do recommend making your website home base. I feel that the social media platforms should be supportive mm-hmm. to what you're doing on your website. Complimentary. Yeah, even yeah. if you don't have a, a marketplace, but having your profile, your your logo, everything about your business, who you are and what you do should be at the URL. That's a great point. I'm glad I asked because yeah. um, you deal on that more than I do. So um, we don't need to get into technical, legal jargon or anything. But <laughs> Not you, my specialty. <laughs> I, well, yeah, but I'm sure knowing what I know, Facebook has written into their user agreement that it's their playground and you're you're allowed to play on it as long as you follow the playground rules. But what you do on our playground, I'm sure they have some type of legal claim to that. Maybe not yeah. your company's image and likeness and all that, but the extent to which you use it on Facebook, I'm sure you've opened yourself up to possibly. Absolutely. I'm sure you've seen people on their personal pages. It goes around about every year. Somebody will post, you know, I do not give Facebook permission to share my kids' pictures and blah, blah, blah. You already did. Yeah. Yes, you did. By virtue of the fact that you posted and you have a presence. You signed on and that's in the terms of service. And if you put your kid's picture up there and they show up in a Facebook ad, you absolutely gave them the right to do that. Yeah. We had a philosophy professor on and he said, uh, when it comes to social media and all things digital, if you're not paying for the product, you are the product. Have you heard that? Absolutely. Yeah. That really really stuck with me. Yeah. I want to clarify my question a little further and see see if you still have the same opinion. Um, What I meant by that was... If someone's just getting started, mm-hmm. say they have a full-time job and they want to buy a lawnmower and start mowing a couple yards and then see where it goes, you still would tell them to go to the expense and hassle of a, of a I wouldn't tell, I wouldn't tell them people never have a website. I'm just saying if you're bootstrapping something and you're trying to self-fund it and cash flow it, you don't have a lot of resources to start out. That's what I tell people to do. You'd still disagree with that? I, I would. Okay. I think you still want to own that URL. You mm. want to snatch it up. Um, you know, you might buy that URL a year before you even start mowing lawns. I would go ahead and get it, make sure it exists. That's kind of what happened to me is yeah. that we started naming the business and the URL we wanted wasn't anywhere near available. So we changed the name of the business before we ever launched. Hmm. So I think knowing you own it, get the GoDaddy account, you know, get it mm-hmm. published, 
within there. Make sure you own it. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that's your best bet. And again, even if it's a one page, even if you took a, I don't really recommend this, but you could take a PDF Upload it on that page and just have that be it. I get it. Or you even know? GoDaddy will give you a basic landing yeah. page. You're saying that's better than, okay, that's yeah. great advice. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to keep that in mind when I'm advising people because sure. I'm kind of out, kind of stepping outside my lane there and you kind of <laughs> reeled me back into my lane and um, that's good. So um, now when I tell, and correct me if I'm wrong here too, I don't want to give people bad information. I tell people that if you need a digital presence, a social media presence specifically, the vast majority, particularly if if your target audience is over 30 or so, the vast majority of that's taking place on Facebook. Am I wrong? No, you're absolutely right. Now, I do think it's growing in other places. I think, um, you know, if you can go ahead and set up the Instagram account too, it's easy to auto post. I don't recommend auto posting, but if you need to do that for lack of time, I would set them both up and just whatever you post on Facebook, have it go to Instagram. Is that what you mean by the term auto post? It'll just, yeah. So it'll just auto publish. Now it's not best practice. It's not very engaging, but it'll at least give you a footprint. Mm -hmm. So I would recommend that. The other thing I would say is any small business starting out today, you better set up a TikTok account. Okay. That's good advice for the people listening. So TikTok's huge. You're not worried about the uh, Chinese government influence and that and the privacy issues. I mean, it's all the, it's the same with Facebook and all the others, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, again, yeah. you've kind of signed over your privacy if you've decided to participate in social media. Yeah. You got to get okay with that. Yeah. I have clients. It's funny. They'll tell me, well, I don't online bank, so I don't, I don't have to worry about identity theft. Wrong. Wrong. Have you ever done one of the following? Filed a tax return, <laughs> opened a credit card or a checking account, or got a driver's license, or got a social security, any of If you've done Anything. any of them one time, yeah. that's all it takes, right? Absolutely. There's a pretty good chance you've already been compromised, mm-hmm. or, or you will, right? So Absolutely. Absolutely. You agree with that too? Yeah. Yeah. And so if you're, let's just walk through this then. If a, a business has come or an idea comes to you, someone doesn't have a lot of money, maybe they're not an ideal client for you because you're kind of selling the Cadillac plan with the premium options and uh, everybody has a budget. But I'm just curious if you spend a few minutes, advise that person who's listening, who has an idea, they want to start a business, mm-hmm. they want to do it responsibly and not take out a bunch of loans and go into debt and do that kind of thing. Um, you'd say first get the URL, yep. right? And then secondly, um, if just get something there, whether it's a generic landing page or something. Something. And then from there, would you build out onto Facebook and then Instagram and TikTok, et cetera? What, what yeah. else would you recommend? I would recommend doing all, all of those the same day. So you before you even register and pay for your GoDaddy or whatever it may be, mm-hmm. make sure the name you want is available on all those platforms, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. I'd go ahead and get Twitter. Um, mm-hmm. Make sure you've got it. You may want to use it someday. Mm-hmm. Make sure you can get a LinkedIn page LinkedIn. with that company name. Um, you know, a small business, the likelihood that other people are going to connect with you on LinkedIn is pretty low. Mm-hmm. But you do want to have a footprint. You do want to make sure you can have the company page so that you as an individual can publish on LinkedIn and link to that page. Mm-hmm. Um, so you do just every platform that's out there that seems pertinent, go ahead and reserve the name. Mm-hmm. You may not use it for a year. And That's the barrier okay. to entry is low. It's a few minutes of your time. It doesn't Absolutely. cost you anything. Mm-hmm. You might pay 20 bucks a year for the URL, but other than that, everything's free, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. I tell people when I get, I get asked quite a bit about starting a business because I've started four of them and done mm-hmm. pretty well. Thank God. Uh, <laughs> I haven't screwed them up yet, but I get asked about that a lot. And I'm like, uh, you know, one of the biggest mistakes people make is the financial side. Yeah. They think, oh, I need a professional looking website. I need uh, this logo designed by a brilliant graphic artist. I need headshots. Right. I need all this stuff. And I'm telling them. 
don't not do that stuff. Just put it in the right order. Exactly. Yeah. Right. I built this podcast business by all my clients that I had paid to come on and promote their business paid for my logo. They paid for my sure all that kind of stuff. So you would agree with that? Absolutely. So yeah. go ahead, res- reserve those pages, make sure you've got them. Then take some time and kind of figure out your strategy. What is this business? Okay, let's let's go with the lawn mowing example. So I want to start a lawn mowing company. Well, what else is there to that? Do we also do landscaping? Do we plant flowers? Do we do fall cleanup? Um, do we blow leaves? Okay, now we know our services and our products. Now let's develop that personality. And really, when we take on a new client, we'll sit down with them. I don't care what kind of business you are. We have a whole persona form that we'll fill out who is this customer mm. you're talking to? You know, what do they do on the weekends? Do they drink Coke or Pepsi? Do they drink coffee or tea? Are they healthy? Do they like to sit on the couch and watch TV all weekend? Um, do they go fishing? Do they go, you know, hiking? Or are they Peloton users? You know, yeah. who are they and what are they? And mm-hmm. that's how you start to develop how you're going to talk to them because you want to be just like them. Yeah. That's how you're in credibility. Yeah. You know? Very cool. I like that. Can you apply that same type of uh, personality profiling? to the potential or the targeted market that business is hoping to reach? I'm assuming you yeah, can, Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah. So when we start working with a, a new client, we'll ask them, first of all, who are they? How do they, you know, what's their elevator pitch? All right, who are your competitors? Mm-hmm. What's their elevator pitch? Mm-hmm. Then let's talk about who's your current clientele? Who's your target market? And then who's outside of that? Mm-hmm. So when we start and when we start building paid ads and organic content. We want to start with your current customer. Mm-hmm. What do they like to talk about? And let's build out from there. Mm-hmm. Right. So it sounds like even though you're a social media expert in online marketing and so forth, digital marketing at its core, you're a marketing and advertising expert, right? You're just facilitating that in the digital space and the social don't, uh, so, social media space, right? Yeah. I like to use the word practitioner because okay. I question anyone who says they're a social media expert. A lot um, of people out there claiming that, right? A lot of people, and honestly, whatever I knew yesterday is already expired. Yeah. So it's it changes so fast that it would be very hard to be an expert. Now, there are, certainly are people that I know who are experts in a slice of social media. I'd say Madeline Sklar is a Twitter expert. Um, Jason Falls is an influencer marketing expert. But to say that you're a social media expert, social media is a big universe. So I like to say that we're social media practitioners because we do a little bit on a lot of different platforms. Do you collaborate with people like that on certain projects? Absolutely. Okay, I would think so. Yeah. Yeah. Because especially when there's someone who is an expert, like Jason Falls is a great example. He's local, um, but he works, you know, internationally. If one of my clients needed influencer marketing, I mean, I, I could get us started, yeah. but really why not go to someone who does this for a living? Mm-hmm. That's what I would do. That's interesting. Um, you mentioned being a practitioner. I would think that uh, you mentioned the comment that things, what you learned yesterday is our, our, I tell people if I took six months off from the tech stuff, I'd, I'd be lost. Yeah, I'll it, bet. It's Same. amazing. Yeah. 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 One, one thing a lot of people don't realize too, if you look at it from a technology and a history of science perspective, as advanced as we think we are right now, mm-hmm. historically, when we look back 100, 200 years from now, this will be described as the early infancy of the technological expansion. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's an important thing to keep in mind, too. And just like the there a little physics reference in there, universe is, incre- is expanding at an increasing rate. Technology is growing at an increasing rate. Yeah, so exactly. You, yeah. And you have to, I tell folks, uh, you don't have to be an expert in Excel or Outlook or uh, writing code or any of that. But no matter what job you want to go out into the workforce, particularly I tell young people, 
you have to know your way around a computer and a smartphone and a tablet. Absolutely. You don't have to be a nerd and a digital expert, but you have to, you're going to interface with those things probably daily. Absolutely. um, For the majority of your job. So I think that's worth saying. Yeah. Well, thanks for giving us those tips for somebody kind of trying to bootstrap something and start it on their own on a DIY budget. Yeah. Tell us more. I want to learn more about um, exactly how you help your clients um, tell us what your typical client looks like. What part of town do they live in? I'm sure you have clients around the country. and We do. And it's hard to say what they typically look like. Um, I've got a long-term client we've been working with for a very long time. They're family-owned. They're local to Louisville. Um, they're, they're just a great business. And what I've learned a lot from them is how they treat their team, how mm-hmm. they talk to their team. And that translates to how we talk to their customers. Mm-hmm. You know, we treat the customers like family. Um, they're not the cheapest for the product that they sell and install, but they certainly have the highest level of service. Mm-hmm. And so we talk about that. And that is what keeps customers coming back to them. I work with companies who are um, B2C, you know, directly to the consumer, but I also work with companies that are B2B. Those are challenging. You know, mm-hmm. how do you find the right person? I work with company one company that's sort of a in the facility management space, right? Sounds not fun. Mm-hmm. But... What's fantastic about them is, you know, they don't call their employees employees. They're team members. I use that term. Absolutely. And they um, they talk a lot about, they're mostly men, um, and they're mostly in the blue-collar space. So, you know, they're like big, burly guys for the most part. They're in the electrical and HVAC world. Mm-hmm. But they do a lot of focus on mental health at their Oh, at their office, they'll do like a monthly meeting where sometimes they bring in a speaker and they kind of talked about the softer side of business, making mm-hmm. sure that their teammates feel healthy. And again, that goes over into how we talk to their customers. And sure. I mean, I'm looking for people who manage boiler rooms, right? For yeah. goodness sakes. But we're talking about being healthy and through COVID and getting people back to work and that whole thing. So, um, so typical clients, I would say, are companies who want to expand their reach, want to have a better way to speak to their customer base and their potential customers, um, don't really know how to do this, don't have time, and are kind of like, we know we have to do this, but we just aren't. Mm -hmm. So they'll hire us, and and honestly, they've got a budget. Well, and the opportunity cost can be high for those high-performing, high-functioning businesses and business Mm -hmm. owners because it's time they spend trying to fumble their way through Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, Pinterest, et cetera, takes away from time uh, that they could have spent doing the things they're most productive and most profitable at, i.e. running their business and taking care of their employees and their customers and so forth. Absolutely. Yeah, one thing that kind of ran through what you said a few minutes ago is um, you have to identify the values of a business, right, Mm -hmm. To, to be able to... Uh, project their image the way they want it to be projected, but also to connect with clients the way they would connect with them, right? So you're really uh, kind of unofficially a member of the team at that point, Absolutely. so to speak. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and I'm 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 assuming too that you probably um, cultivate who you work with. Not everybody's a great fit, right? So you can be yeah, and sometimes we'll work with someone who, you know, they really want to grow their space or their celebrity, whatever it might be, but they're so humble in what they do, Mm. it's hard to get them to even tell us, hey, we just won this, you know, Chamber of Commerce award. And they completely forget to tell us. And we're like, this is what we need. That's right. Um, And I always say to my clients, this is no time to be humble. Uh If you earned something, we got to talk about it. And and that even goes into um, social, uh, you know, doing social good. So if you're collecting cans for a food bank, if you're building habitat houses, don't stay quiet about that. Yes, you're absolutely doing it for the right reasons, mm-hmm. 
but why not share that you did it? You, it was a team building effort. If you're about there building a house, it's not just about the goodness that you're spreading, but you're actually building some, some team bonding there too. So let's talk about it. Let's mm-hmm. tell people, because there are people out there who say, that's the kind of company I want to do business with. I yeah. want to buy my XYZ from a company who cares about other people in my community. And I'm willing to pay more to um, invest in that culture. Both, Absolutely. Both internally and what they do in the community. And if they're friendly to the environment and that kind of thing. So yeah, yeah, I like that. Um, tell us what a day in the life of Shane Shaps is like <laughs> outside of, I know your team members kind of handle the nuts and bolts, right? With the mostly po- yeah, logging into your client's, Pinterest and Facebook, et cetera, and making the post and starting the conversations and so forth. What does it look, if they're the primary people doing that, tell us what the, a typical day in the life of that person looks like. Are they for one hour in the morning handling Joe Schmo's plumbing posts and then they're shift, <laughs> switching gears to Susie's dance studio or what does that look like? Well, so what's great about our team is we all have a million things going on and we are, I know some people say you can't multitask, it's not physically possible, but I'll say we do go quickly between mm-hmm. from one to another. Mm-hmm. I always say I multitask and, and my husband who's a physician has said that's not physically possible, you can't do it, you uh-huh. can't do more than one. Okay, fine, yeah. but from one second to another, we're doing multiple things. So. Our team is very good at that, of bouncing in and out of voices and making sure that, you know, we push a post out on this, but then we're answering comments on this client and those are very different industries. So we got to make sure we've got that right. There's a specialty to that. Not everybody can do that. And that's why we're so good at what we do. We're also very efficient. Um, You know, some people will spend a ton of time on just a plain, simple picture they're publishing on Instagram we're pretty quick at editing those photos and making sure that they look the way we need. Where we put the time in is, is more on hashtagging, yeah. doing the proper research, making sure we're tagging the right places, the right people, because that's really what's going to make that post go further. Um, you know, one thing that our clients have to be educated on when we start working with them is it's not about posts. I've had people say, well, how many posts do you do a week? Well, it's going to vary, you yeah. know, and if we're doing Twitter for you, I don't know, 40 million, because that's how that goes. Because we're all about the conversation. And if we put a post up on Monday, but on Tuesday it goes and we get all kinds of comments on it, that's going to take a few hours to respond to those people. And the way that we build our retainer is on hours. So if we use up those hours on there, well, you may see less posts that week, but we're still engaging and we're still making sure that the content's being seen. And what does that look like for a client? They pay you, they buy a block of time from you based on a contract for a period of time. Right. And then you just consume that. And Yeah, so the way that we do it, and I don't know how other agencies do it since I, I started this before it was really a thing. That's right, yeah. Um, so the way that we do it is when we first meet with a client, we will build a proposal based on, okay, this is your business. You need to be on these platforms, and here's why. And we'll come to an agreement. Sometimes the client will say, Twitter's going to take too many hours and that's going to drive my budget up. Twitter's the one that takes the most time. Yeah. Um, so sometimes we cut Twitter out and put it on the back burner, maybe for a phase two, six months down the road, we'll add it in. So we'll decide what platforms they need to be on. And we know from doing this, however many years, we know how many hours we need per platform. So then it's just a matter of math. Okay. You're on three platforms um, and we need this many hours per week times our hourly rate. There's your monthly retainer. Yeah, I want to circle back to something you said. I like to take note, notes so, so I don't interrupt the, the, oh, sure. the guest speaking. You mentioned your husband said that it's physically impossible to multitask. Uh, Dr. Phil has a really good podcast. I don't know if you've listened to it. It's called Fill in the Blanks, P-H-I-L. Okay. And he did a segment on increasing your productivity by making one change, increasing your productivity by 30 to 50%. 
and he said, stop trying to multitask. Mm -hmm. But he did make an interesting point, and when you mentioned that, it reminded me. He said there's about 2% of the population that actually is capable of doing what we call multitasking, but the label's wrong. He said said they're described as super taskers, Mm -hmm. and these are people that have the makeup, the mental competence, the personality type, the drive to literally do multiple things at once and not compromise the overall quality of what's being done because they can do that. But he said it's a very small fraction of the population and go ahead and assume it's not you <laughs> and start start demultitasking your life. And he said that one life hack, so to speak, can increase your productivity um, by 30 to 50%. I thought that was interesting. That is interesting, but I'm going to say I might be one of those I, people. <laughs> that, that, doesn't, that, that doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. When you mentioned um, Twitter taking up the most time, correct me if I'm wrong, when I get on Twitter, it seems so fleeting and in the moment, right? Mm -hmm. It's almost like the ADD Mm -hmm. of the social media world. And it's one of the reasons it takes up so much time is because you have to constantly be, I mean, five minutes is two hours or two days, right? Yeah. On Twitter, five minutes is two days on any other platform, right? Right. So the difference is, absolutely. And it's very conversational. So if you're not, you can't do Twitter halfway, Mm -hmm. either do it or don't. Mm -hmm. And that's what I tell clients. That's why it takes such a big chunk of hours. If we're going to take on Twitter for you, it's going to be this many hours per week. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas Facebook is more like a billboard. I might have a post a day, right? Because then there's time where we're engaging in the comments and, you know, searching for other things. But really more than a post a day today is kind of a lot in Mm -hmm. the Facebook land. It used to not be that way, but it is now. Mm -hmm. But Twitter, they're not posts. They're tweets. So they're conversations. So, I mean, I could go on a tweet chat about marketing. Um, I mentioned Madeline Sklar before. She's got a tweet chat every Thursday called Twitter Smarter. Goes for an hour. I mean, your fingers hurt when you're Mm -hmm. done because you're in conversation. There's usually, it's kind of a talk show. She's the host. She has a guest. And then there's a series of questions and we're all having conversations amongst each other. And it's a community. I know these people, you know, Mm -hmm. I've known them for years. And so we'll tweet each other and, hey, I agree with that. Or here's something I've done. Here's an idea. Let me send you this link. And then, of course, everybody shares pictures of their dogs. That's all part of it. Mm -hmm. So it's all very fun, but it's very real time. And if you missed Twitter Smarter, you missed it. Mm -hmm. You can go back and read, you know, what you missed. But it's over for this week. We'll see you next week. She's actually added on Twitter Spaces as well. And now it's audio. Um, So she does both. But she really um, has built something out of that. And so if I need to know something on Twitter, I immediately DM her. She's fantastic. But there are a lot of people who are very active on Twitter. And, you know, I've got personal people on there. I've got business people on there. And then I've got just a lot of accounts I follow. You know, there's sports you can follow, news you can follow, um, and just some funny people that I follow. One thing I've noticed, um, I use Twitter very selectively. I follow a handful of folks and like topics that I'm interested in Mm -hmm. and I mute everything else. One thing I've noticed in the last six to nine months is they've really proliferated the amount of suggested content on there. Mm. And I'm almost to the point where I don't even want to be on there anymore because half the time I'm on Twitter now, I'm sifting through suggestions that I don't care about. Uh, The big one that irritates me is I'll follow somebody and, and then I start seeing stuff from all the people that follow him mm-hmm. or, the, or her that you know, he or she follows. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of irritating. I had an idea while you were talking about that. If we could come up with a personality profile for LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, and TikTok, how would you describe each of those if they were, if they were a person? Oh, that's really funny. Yeah. So Twitter's obviously the cocktail party because you're floating around talking to all these people. I think Facebook is the billboard. Okay. You see it. You might have to see it 15 more times before you act on it. Okay. Um, I would say Instagram is 
maybe like your family photo album. I'm a scrapbooker. Yeah. Used to do it by hand with paper and stickers, and now I do it digitally. Uh-huh. Um, but I think it's really an accumulation of your day-to-day story. It's mm-hmm. a storytelling thing. Um, Pinterest is bulletin boards. You know, that's what that is. Is that a lot of hobbyists and crafters? It is. And that kind of, okay. Yeah. Um, can really drive your Google traffic depending on your business. Huh. Um, it's weird, but it works. Um, for now, right? For now. And then it. TikTok, I don't, I, TikTok's the life of the party. I, I can tell you if it's Saturday morning and I've got nothing to do, I will sit there scrolling for three hours. Wow. And I don't post on TikTok. I don't currently have any clients. That's not true. We have one client we're posting on TikTok for, but someone else on the team handles it. So I don't personally publish on TikTok. I just watch. The content is so compelling that just in your personal life, you're... It's just pure entertainment. Okay. I mean, who are these people and what are they doing? And Uh they're just like... I mean, I could name a few of them that are just like the dogs. I follow a ton of dogs. On yeah. t- like, this has nothing to do with anything. Yeah. It's just pure entertainment, and I love it. But I do think that there are businesses who really are starting to get it and do it really well. Yeah. Um, and they're showing up in my feed constantly. It's the the young, hot person that transferred mm-hmm. into your class. Yeah. Then, right? Like yeah, a, I want to hang out with this guy. Yeah. This is fun. He's going to make me laugh. Yeah. He's okay. got cool dogs. Yeah. Where does, <laughs> where does LinkedIn f- factor into that? Because I've had some folks tell me that I'm not um, farming LinkedIn effectively, both for the tech business, but also the podcast business. Can you comment on that? Yeah, sure. So LinkedIn used to be very corporate commercial business, you know, very stuffy. Up. Yeah. 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 And really it's not anymore. It's much more like Facebook on a personal side in that people share things about their family. They oh, share. Really? Yeah. Huh. Not quite as often as Facebook um, yeah. because I just don't think enough people are in the habit of that. But here's the thing about LinkedIn, and this is really important. People will say, I want a company page for my LinkedIn. Um, you know, I want a company page for my company on LinkedIn. Well, wh- who's following this? Yeah. First of all, you can't tag people. You can't really engage with them easily. LinkedIn does not make that easy. If you're going to get involved in LinkedIn, make sure your personal page, your David Snyder page is set. You've got your profile in there. You've got your resume in there, your experience, your volunteer, what's important to you. Make sure that's all current. Mm -hmm. And I would say if you want to start building a footprint on LinkedIn, make one post a day and then start looking for other people where you can comment on their posts. You can share their posts. There's a lot of great information on LinkedIn. And yes, most of it is business related, but not all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's stuff on there. I just had a daughter leave for college. There's college information on there. But it really is a great way to build your contacts. Um, I just mentioned my daughter. She did an internship the last week of her senior year. And I said to her, you know, go ahead and link in with these people because in a year you're going to be starting to look for internships. Mm -hmm. So she did. And she's like, what else do I do on here? And I said, just every once in a while, post something about your industry that you're learning about. Make sure you're staying in touch with these people. Go find what they're posting and comment on it. Mm -hmm. Start building rapport. And it takes a while. That's the biggest thing about social media. People will say, well, how, how many sales, how much can we grow our community in the you know, next six weeks. Um, probably not at all mm-hmm. in the next six weeks. How long does it take to really see the benefit of social media? Minimum a year. Yeah. You got to put the time in. It is a, it is not a magic bullet. It is a long tail form mm-hmm. of marketing. Yeah. And it's eerily similar because you hear in other marketing spaces, radio, print, TV, whatever it might be, you've got to commit to at least a year and preferably Absolutely. two years. Yeah. If not, you're not giving yourself enough time to get the brand recognition, the logo awareness, the, mm-hmm. the presence, the following and all that. So absolutely. Some of the, some of the tried and true, uh, 
uh, traditional classical things about marketing apply to the digital and the social media space too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, what can you talk about Google My Business? Um, is my assumption correct? If you're going to hit a search platform, it's pretty much all Google all the time. You're not going to worry about Yahoo, or you're not going to worry about maybe some DuckDuckGo. I know that's kind of growing because of its privacy right uh, element. Yeah, my understanding is that still Google's king. Mm -hmm. um, and like I said, I partner with someone who specializes in Google, so I don't have all of the answers on Google. But my understanding is that if you're looking to grow your footprint and your SEO, you need to be on Google. You need to be actively acting. You need to be actively working your page on Google. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You mentioned your team members earlier. How big is your team? We are currently five. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, and everybody in has a kind of a different set of available hours. One has a full-time job. This is her side gig. One has a son, and this is what she does almost full-time. Um, I have an executive assistant who I am one of her clients. She has multiple businesses like me. Oh. And then I have a, a ghostwriter. Hmm. So she just kind of takes on jobs as we need her. Okay, so she's yeah. generating copy and the creative person coming up with compelling content and then... You guys are plugging it in in a compelling way to engage people. Yeah. So sometimes we'll take on a client where they've got a website, but the website isn't changing very often. So it's not telling Google they're relevant. Mm. So we recommend a blog. I always recommend a blog, especially for these small businesses. And especially we'll get people who are individuals who want to grow their personal, not personal, their professional presence. Um, they might be a physician looking to grow their customer patient base. Yeah. Um, so we've done that a few times. And one of the things we'll do for them, one of the services we offer is blog writing because they don't have time. Interesting. Can you talk yeah. about that? Because when you mentioned the word blog to me, I cat categorize that in the same category as uh, websites and being kind of the old guard and the old way of doing it. It's still relevant. Absolutely. I mean, if you have a website and you're not actively, let's say you don't sell anything on it, right? You don't have a merchant account. Yeah. Well, how are you telling Google you're here? What are you mm. changing on it? Mm. So if you're writing a blog and a couple times a month, you're uploading a new published post. Well, you've told Google, I'm still here. I'm doing something. Look, I put something new on my website. Mm. You're also utilizing your keywords, which is helping you in your organic search. Mm -hmm. um, and then the third thing that's really important about that is you own that content. So with the physician example, sure, you can go find other physicians or other practices who have written things. <coughs> And you can um, share their content, but what good is that? That's just saying how great what they said is. Yeah. You want to be able to say, this is how I feel about this particular item. And so if you publish a blog post on your website, well, you own that. You can share it wherever you want because you said it. Let me play devil's advocate here. What's the point of blogging on a website to drive traffic to it if there's no e-commerce platform there or anything? Wouldn't, you, wouldn't your time and your effort be better spent trying to drive traffic to your social media presence and your following or not? I'll go back to what I said at the beginning. I still say your website's home base. So it's not an either or. You want to, it's, it's a, a suite of... Yes. Okay. They all have to work together and okay. social is supporting what's happening on the website. Even if the website isn't selling a product, mm -hmm. selling a service, certainly selling a personality and it is your business and you own it. And Nobody do, can take that away from you. And you do recommend the actual methodology by which you distribute your blog being a sub page of your website, not blogging on Facebook or YouTube or something like that, or 
Right. I would have, I would do a blog on your website. You can repurpose that blog. Or share it on your Yeah, and platforms. share it on your social, but you can also copy the whole thing and do it as a LinkedIn article. Mm. You need to change a few things in it so it's not an exact copy paste, but you can take the premise of that article, mm. reposition it as a LinkedIn article. Or, Absolutely. Yeah. And then share it on all of your socials and drive people to your website. Yeah. Let's talk about that a little bit because one thing I've ran into with trying to promote my podcast online, I got what I called pre-canceled. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I'm not exactly canceled, but I'm on their radar. And so the first mistake I made was, um, you'll see when we publish this, there's a banner across the bottom that shows the icons for the various platforms we're on. And so I went to do an internal Facebook boost of a, a, an episode of my podcast and they said I violated their terms of use because I used their logo. So I've since taken that out and okay. they, they still won't let me do it. And then on YouTube, I got pre-canceled for um, promoting hate speech, yeah, and um, victim shaming, and they gave me a whole list of these things that I did some or all of. And the only thing I could think of that got me on the the list was I'm a big proponent of civil liberties and human rights, and mm -hmm. what's more fundamental than free speech? Mm -hmm. I'm not going to have someone come on here and call for violence or spew racist hatred or anything like that. But outside of that stuff, to my, in my, you know, the way I see it, it's all fair game. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm, one of the reasons I started the podcast was to get interesting people on here with sometimes out there opinions. And I've got a, a client um, who, um, you probably know him. Do you know Eric Sennett, the plumber? Uh, I don't think you remember Kimberly Greenwell. Yes. She, he hired her. To, oh, Eric's plumbing. There you go. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. If, you know, Eric, Eric, unless you talk to him about politics is the most soft spoken, kind, polite, innocent, beautiful man you'd ever meet. Right. Uh huh. But you talk, and he's not a jerk about his politics, but once you start shifting gears to politics, he is really out there on the far left. Oh, wow. And what makes it interesting is he uses the Bible and Christianity to justify his left-wing politics. Oh, my. If you drove past his yard, he's got uh, Black Lives Matter flags and comments about white people exploiting Indians. And I mean, it's pretty out there, right? Okay. But he's my friend, and I, I promote free speech, so I had him on the show. That's the only thing we've done huh. that I could think of that was controversial. And he Interesting. Made some, he made some comments about Trump Republicans being morally bankrupt and all this stuff. But again, he's not calling for violence or sure. threatening people or anything. So I thought it was fair game. But uh, I got off on that tangent. I got, I got, um, got pre-canceled by those two platforms. Um, the reason I wanted to mention that was in our ongoing effort to try to promote my podcast, an hour to an hour and 10 is a big ask of your audience for people, people to commit mm -hmm. that long and listen to that. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so the thought occurred to me, and I want to get your opinion on that is, uh, insofar as I can promote it through those platforms that have pre-canceled me, <laughs> I'm thinking about isolating 30 seconds, 60 seconds, 90 seconds, an excerpt, right? Yep. To get people their feet wet, so to speak, and then yep. that might drive them to listen to it when they otherwise wouldn't. I can, absolutely. Can you comment on that? Yeah, yeah. I uh, previously was working with a company that had a podcast, and that's what we did: is we would pull out some fifteen-second clips, make it an Instagram reel, mm. push it out on Instagram, throw some um, buzzwords in the title line. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And then if you can tag, so that that client was interviewing some like CEOs of global companies, so we could tag. They had a presence. The company had a presence. Sometimes, you know, like NBC would be part of the whole thing. So we're tagging NBC. The more things you can tag, uh, the the wider it's going to go. Hmm. So um, if you were to post this, well, then you could tag me, mm -hmm. right? And then maybe I'll share it. You can also on Instagram, uh, let's say you put it up as a reel on Instagram, you can invite me to be a collaborator. Well, now it's going to show up on my feed. Mm -hmm. Now both of us are sharing it. 
Mm. Right. And that's an easy way to market it to if the person in my seat is active on social, well, then you're going to get the benefit of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you mentioned various platforms there. How would you rank those platforms in terms of the biggest and most important down to the, the least and most important? Obviously, Facebook's in at the top. I think it really depends on your audience. Yeah, Gen <laughs> generally speaking. Yeah, I think it really depends on your audience. I think who are your current listeners and where are they consuming content? Now, some of that's going to be generalized um, based on demographics, mm -hmm. but I'd get on TikTok for sure. I'd get on Instagram and start publishing some reels. Um, Instagram is always going to reward you for using their tools and the newer tools mm -hmm. that you're using, the better. So make sure you're adding captions through Instagram, you know, make, don't do it before, make sure you're doing it when you're uploading it. Mm -hmm. Um, make sure you're tagging, make sure you're hashtagging, make sure you're just doing all that stuff. And then Facebook for sure. But as far as those kind of videos go, they're vertical. I would put them on reels and TikTok, see how you do. Mm. And the idea of being not exclusive, uh, at, at the um, what's what I'm looking for not doing them at the expense of not doing the other ones because like you said you want to get to all the platforms plant your flag and be there absolutely in case someone goes there looking for you right you want them to find something right absolutely yeah I wouldn't discount any of those platforms yeah but for in the sake of time you have to decide well where am I really going to grow this community where do right. I really want to put my time in? and part of that is which one do you think is fun? Mm -hmm. You know, if you don't get Twitter and you think Twitter's annoying and they're sending you all these things to follow and you don't want to, well, you're never going to put your time into That's it. That's a great point. Yeah, and if yeah. you do, it's not going to come off as... Right. And there's a, no enthusiasm behind it or... Right, kind of so thing. which one makes the most sense to you? You know, yeah. I am... Now that my daughter doesn't live at home anymore, I'm learning which platforms make the most sense to her depending on what we're talking about. So mm -hmm. I can see what she posts on Instagram, but if I want to get a hold of her, I'm going to Snapchat her. Are you suggesting you're using children, your children as social media research? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Anybody yeah. who's not using a teenager as yeah. a focus group is doing it wrong. That's right. Yeah. Teenagers just, they know what they're doing on there. Yeah. What's your minimum commitment when you agree to terms with a client? How long do you ask them to be with you typically on a contract? I really do like to sign a year-long contract. Okay. I have some clients that ask for a six-month, and I'll agree to that mm -hmm. in most cases. I really can't do less than six months. Now, that's that being said, if it were something that was like a short-term campaign and that's all they needed me for, mm -hmm. yeah, we can work something out. Okay. I like to point out that uh, it's amazing how many people are price sensitive mm -hmm. and you, a customer comes to you and he says, uh, I need A, B, and C. And he's like, oh, I put the quote together and it's $5,000. Mm -hmm. And they'd be like, oh my God, $5,000. They didn't even read what they were getting in, in return for what they were spending. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so I think it's important. I've got a friend who's in the website design business. She can't have a conversation with you for more than 30 minutes if you don't have at least $5,000 to get started. Right. They're not selling Toyota Corollas. A Toyota Corolla is a great car. Mm -hmm. They're selling a Cadillac. You yeah. Know? And there's, 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 there's something to be said for both of those, right? Absolutely. But I'm assuming you're on the higher end of the people in your space because your product is better, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I have seen other agencies who do, who say they do what we do. But what they're doing is creating some very generic content that they then publish on multiple companies, mm -hmm. right? Um, yeah. I, you know, they might ha own, they might work with a bunch of florists and they put the same graphic out on six different family-owned businesses. Mm -hmm. I would never do that. Yeah. Everything we do is custom. We are your voice, not our voice. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, yes, I'm in business to make money. I'm not going to hide that. But we really do customize what we do, and we put a lot of time in. Mm -hmm. This is not cookie cutter, and it's not easy. 
it is, you know, I always say, could you do it yourself? You bet you could, but you don't have time for that. And you couldn't do it like what you do it. Right. So if you want to hire me, yeah, I'm not cheap. Um, And I'm proud of that because we work really hard at what we do. We work nights, we work weekends. We've been up at, you know, four o'clock in the morning, a client's out at an event. Hey, I just took this and it's got to go up in real time. Mm. You bet. We put it, we're on a different time zone than you. We're on your time zone. Yeah, so. I tell people that want to negotiate with me on the price. I'm like, look, I, it doesn't hurt my feelings if you want to shop around. And you might find somebody who's as good or better than me and do, do it for less. That's possible. But I know what I'm worth. And right? I know what you're worth. And, and I would never, ever call anyone else <laughs> to deal with my computer. Well, thank you, you always take my call. You always are able to see my computer from wherever I am. Yeah. And you always fix it. Well, I feel the same about you. We haven't directly done business in terms of you promoting my business, but I've we have several people who have in common that you've yep. worked for. And so uh, I've... You were the first person I called on the one I mentioned earlier because yep. you're the social media queen as far as I'm concerned. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, and it's, like you said, a lot of people are doing social media. It reminded me of uh, everybody's a realtor now, right? Right. But who's out there really selling 50 homes a year? Exactly. One out of 50 of them. Right. Right. I would think you're in the same category. Um, in the interest of wrapping things up here, um, I wanted you to kind of give us your elevator speech. I'm Shane Shaps with 520s Brands. Come talk to me. Here's what I can do for your business. Sell the audience. Well, sure. So I'm Shane Shaps. I'm the professional big mouth. And I come from a team of professional big mouths. We've been in, we've been in business doing this since 2008. We're professional communicators. Um, so if you're looking to grow your market share, grow your community, grow your audience and tell your story, then give us a call and let's see if we can find a way to work together. Um, you know, there are some companies who will hear an elevator pitch like that and call me and I'm not sure that we're the right fit. And I'm always honest about that. Mm-hmm. There have been some, there was a, financial company that called once. I just didn't get it. I didn't understand it. And I I can't be authentic in conversation with people if I can't properly represent their business. Mm -hmm. Not to mention the laws and rules that go along with banking. I mean I'm surprised they even called you. Most of those people don't even do that because of the regulation. Yeah, yeah. And so and and uh the same goes with lawyers. Mm -hmm. I've had lawyers call me and I'm very hesitant about even talking to them because they have a ton of rules and I don't know what they are. Mm -hmm. The last thing I want to do is get a client in trouble. Um so you know we will work with a lot of different companies if we can authentically be you online. And all we ask is you give us some time to build that and to understand that it is a long tail form of marketing and there there are no social media overnight successes. Maybe those girls at Bama Rush on TikTok, maybe they're overnight successes and yeah. good, good for them, but they do that themselves. <laughs> you know what I tell people, the overnight success is a very low uh, prob- probability of happening. Mm-hmm. And yes, you might roll the dice once and hit snake eyes or whatever, but over the long run, you can't keep rolling the dice and getting snake eyes every time. By definition, a low, um, low, uh, what's what I'm looking for? Low probability of success strategy executed over and over again mm-hmm. is going to give you a low output of success. You right, know? right, yeah. exactly. And so uh, it takes time and it's more like farming. It takes time to get to know the the, the farm and the business and plant the seed and cultivate the plants and the, yeah. all, all that stuff. So, Absolutely. Um, Shane knows what she's doing. Um, she, I call her the queen of social media. She's your professional big mouth online with 520 East Brands. Tell the audience how they can interact with you and contact you. Well, you can find us online at 520eastbrands.com. I'm on Twitter at 520eastbrands. And then, of course, I'm on Facebook, LinkedIn, and um, Instagram as myself. Do you want to give them a phone or email number or just find you on social media? If you find me at 520 East Brands, all my contact info is there. So that's the easiest way. Perfect. And the moral of the story today is don't take social media advice from your tech guy. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, so um, I have a couple of questions for you. I have a segment called Three Questions, uh, and this one's brought to you by the nonprofit that I started. It's called See Good to Be Good, and it aims to act as a source of hope, motivation, and inspiration to help folks achieve their dreams. We're currently accepting donations to help fund our needs-based scholarship to help a young person pay for their education in the arts. If you'd like to help us, please let us know. You ready? I'm ready. Question number one, why are you successful? I say what I tell you I'm going to do. Yeah, so integrity? I follow through. Yeah, enthusiasm, yeah. believing in what you do? Absolutely. I like that. Why are you happy? Um, I think I have a happy disposition in general. Oh, you're born that way, so it's yes. a little easier? Okay. But I think also from a business perspective, I have surrounded myself with great people. I know that I can't do it all. I'm not qualified, nor do I have that many hours in the day, and I still want to be a mom mm. and a wife. Um, and, and have a life. And have a life. So um, I have brought on people that I know are better at this than I am, and that keeps some work-life balance, and that keeps me happy. When I tell people about delegating, it's a really hard thing to do, especially when your business is your baby, right? You started this. It's, in many ways, a yeah. huge part of your identity, right? It is, and it's funny. I tell everybody that I've ever brought on, I am a great delegator uh -huh. to a fault. Yeah. Sometimes I will ask you to do something, and I will assume it was done. Okay. Um, so that's something I've had to work on through the years is make sure I follow up. I, I asked her to do that. I know I would have done it. Yeah. I better make sure she did and they always do. One thing I learned from delegation, I brought on another team member. So there's three of us now at Reliable oh. Tech Help. And this guy's wonderful. His name is Justin. But one thing I learned is the good news is, or excuse me, the bad news is when you bring somebody on and delegate some work, they're not going to do it the way you do. Mm -hmm. The good news is they're not going to do it the way you do. Exactly. They can bring a fresh perspective that yep. you hadn't considered. And if you're willing to have enough wiggle room to allow them to establish their unique identity and identity and their way of doing it, they can bring something to the table you never would have. It's like parenting. Uh, of course. I'm yeah. sure there's plenty of parallels. My, my teenagers don't do it the way I would do it. Great example, laundry. Yeah. When they got to be about six or <laughs> they seven. They actually do it? I, I would do the laundry and I would give it back to them, not folded. Okay. And I would say, put your laundry away. Now, do they fold shirts the way I do? No. But yeah. is it put away? Yup. There you go. So I don't care. Don't let the perfect <laughs> don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. Exactly. Last question: What obligation do you feel to help other people? Um, so I'm very involved in the Jewish community. Always have been. So I do like to make sure that when I can get involved there, I do. Um, we've actually just joined a new synagogue. We've oh, just which moved one? Um, the temple. We've, oh, cool. we've just joined there after um, being a member of another synagogue. My life uh -huh. um, but change change is good uh -huh. and it was time for our family to make that change and i know that they do a lot of social action there and i'm looking forward to getting involved with that so um yeah i like to give back to that community because it's given so much to me yeah my wife and my son are in the jewish uh are jewish and so we're looking at, at joining one as well mm -hmm. so well thank you for that um the greatest discovery of my generation is that a human being can alter his or her life by altering his or her attitudes William James said that. I think that's pretty, uh, pretty profound. If you would like to be a guest on our show or you would like help creating and or distributing your own podcast content, please contact us for more information. I'd like to thank the talented people that work behind the scenes to make this podcast happen. There's the effervescent producer, David Snyder, running audio and video. The intrepid David Snyder casting and scripting the show. 
And finally, the brilliant and gifted David Snyder editing and <laughs> distributing the show online. I know I'm a little biased, but I think that's a, that's a fine group of people there. <laughs> I want to thank them for their efforts. They're my entire <laughs> IT department. That's right, among <laughs> other things. Yeah, so I'd like to thank our guest again, Shane Shapps with 520 East Brands. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. That was awesome and very informative. And I'd like to thank our listeners and our sponsors for making this podcast possible and hopefully successful. We'll see you real soon on a future episode of the Respect the Math podcast.